0: turn uh.
1: just plays man
2: To wake up 502, getting you ready this morning. Man, we got so much to talk about, so much energy, excitement, and building ready to go. And today we have a special can guest.
0: Can you
2: feel that, brother? Felt it. I felt that.
0: Scary.
2: Oh, it's beyond scary. Man.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Uh as, as you can hear. Haven Harrington is loud and clear in the building. Haven, today is a very special show. It is. Very special show because you are in the studio and you ain't alone. But you ain't with me.
2: Oh, no. No, but we have a special guest in the house. <laughs> a special
3: guest. Man, I, I feel special. You got the special. got the engineer with us. I feel very special. What's going on, family? Hey, listen, however... It it happens. It's 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 a good feeling to be back in the fold with the crew, man, being back together. Uh it's it's quite a pleasure, uh fellas, to to be here in studio. In studio on top of that. Uh with my man Haven Double H. Harrington, on the line with my man Rocky Rashawn Myers, and my main man, Joe the Barbecue Man Kelly. Uh it's William Wright, folks. I'm glad very glad to be here. Very glad to be here. That's right, people. Guillermo is in the building. Guillermo Suave is in the building, baby. Do you hear me? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all got me up early this morning. Y'all got me up early this morning, man. (laughs) You still hear the sleep in in my voice. I ain't trying to imitate Barry White. That's sleep. (laughs) Will, you
0: rose to the occasion. It is much appreciated. I am actually on the road down in Lex Vegas, Lexington, Kentucky, uh, the, down here, uh, my son actually has a, a volleyball tournament, uh, today. So I, I am down here to support, uh, you know, the, the, the next greatest. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here with him. Will said he'd come in the studio. I asked him if he could come off the bench and get it <laughs> together. And he said, rock. I got
3: you. I said, put me in, coach. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. That's appreciated, man. So, no, we got so much to get into. I'm only going to be here for about the first 20 minutes or so of the show, the first segment, and then I'm going to let y'all run with it, fellas. Um, you know, we have so much to talk about, so much to get into, so many things happening right now. Like, it is absolutely insane. We have a new basketball coach. Uh, we have football recruiting news football transfer news, like It's insane what's happening. But, you know, I had to at least make my thoughts known on the humongous announcement uh, from yesterday, University of Louisville, pretty much out of the blue. Pulled a rabbit. Like Kenny Payne, uh, you know, I I have been, while, you know, supportive of the decision, I, I said it last week, that, you know, until Payne actually did something and brought food to my table, was not going to get overly hyped the way some people were trying to hype up every little thing that Kenny Payne did. Well, fellas, I'm going to go ahead and give him a little bit of credit because yesterday was the first rabbit that Kenny Payne pulled out of his hat. Like, we had heard about the possibility of former West Kentucky coach Dennis Felton joining the staff uh, as a possible assistant coach. We heard that George Felton, a former Uh, South Carolina Gamecocks coach that had not coached in about 12, 13 years at the collegiate level, possibly being a part of the staff. Well, neither one of those two things happened. But the thing that did happen was the announcement that Danny Manning is now going to be a lead assistant coach for the University of Louisville. And, fellas, I feel like that is humongous news. Am I wrong about that?
3: Not in my opinion. <laughs> Not at all. I, You know, I, I hadn't been keeping in touch, keeping up with the news cycle during the day yesterday. It was a fairly busy day at work at, at my nine to five. Uh, So when I got home yesterday evening uh, and then I had to go to a, a birth my, my daughter's 13th birthday celebration. She's 13. We got a teenager in the house now. Pray for me, fellas. Uh, but she then I, I get home. I get home to find that news uh, had been been put out. About Danny Manning, and I was pretty excited. You all know I'm an NBA guy, so every tie that we can have to the NBA, uh, Kenny Payne being one of them, uh, I'm all for it. Like a, a thousand percent, I'm a, a thousand percent. I think that's going to bolster our recruiting to a level like we've never seen. I think that the play on the court is going to be different from what we're used to, but better than we've ever seen. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about it. I just hope that it keeps going, that the momentum keeps going in this direction with with his staff. I really do.
0: Hey, to, to me, this feeling of what's happening right now, like I'm starting to get some of those Hoya paranoia, Georgetown vibes with this staff. There. And, and like, am I crazy or, or, or am I starting? Am I, am I right about that?
2: Man, it's funny. You should say that because uh, Mr. Main Event DC himself, Mark Bacon, Uh, sent me like a five-page Twitter diatribe, if you will, (laughs) on the hiring of Danny Manning, you know, because he's all things D.C. with Danny's ties to Maryland and everything else. You know, he has some inside scoop. And he was like, man, everything he's heard about Danny Manning as a coach, he may not have the best winning percentage per se, but he is known as a great X's and O's coach and a darn good recruiter. And Mark Bacon was just beyond excited that now you're going to have Danny Manning and Nolan Smith on the same staff. And he was like, man, the coaching and the recruiting that you're about to see, he even he was like, it, it just could be phenomenal. You know, we could start to see recruiting classes like we've never seen before, at least not since Wade Houston, and Denny Crum were together. Yeah, no, not- I
0: totally agree with you. No, I, I I mean, I think that just fellas, just picture this. And Joe, you gotta let me know what you think about this. But when these cats go out on the recruiting trail and you see 6'8 Kenny Payne, you see 6'10 Danny Manning, you see 6'4 and a half, 6'5, Nolan Smith, Joe, there's gotta be intimidating the cats just coming in there to watch basketball games to watch these recruits, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine what what this team is it's like we got an armada on the coaching staff. And I've been, I've been hedging my bets on all of this. I said I got burned so bad by Chris Mack, thinking that was a great hire and it was going to work out, that I was never going to get over the moon until we started winning games or we had a top three, top five recruiting class. I don't know what the recruiting class this year is going to shake out to, but I know that I'll put our coaching staff up against just about anybody, well, anybody in the country and say that if we identify a kid, <clears throat> excuse me, and, uh, and we want that player, good luck beating us out on it because the other thing <clears throat> yeah you can look at these guys pardon me like williams said i got my more my am voice going uh, <laughs> uh, aside from physically intimidating and looking and saying oh yeah that's not those aren't x's and those guys those are former national champions I mean, that's the other thing they bring to the table. How many national championship rings can they can they tap on your 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 mom's living room table if they're recruiting you? Danny's got one. King's got one. Nolan did Nolan get one? Oh yeah, or Nolan has one. Twenty ten with Duke. There you go, man. I mean, I feel like that speaks volumes. I. I, I I love the hire so far, and I love everything that's coming with it. And and if recruits start start coming in at the level that that we're starting to buy in and believe that they should, and it could be very, very a, a very fun stretch in the U of L basketball pantheon.
3: I completely agree. And my thing, and when I've been thinking about this, uh, you know, either later uh, later yesterday evening or this morning, I'm expecting to see a confidence. And toughness on the court, like we haven't seen since the crumb era, uh we all know even 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 during Rick Patino's tenure here at u of l there were times when where our team would be on the court, and they would look like they didn't expect the win from the tip off. We all saw it especially against u k every year uh that, that a lot of that happened during chris Mack, but I'm expecting the confidence because that's the thing that i i I, I tend to tie to. The coaching staff. I'm a, I'm a coach's fan. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that Phil Jackson's my biological father. No need to go into details <laughs> about that. We, you know, I don't want to have a, you know, a bunch of people waiting outside the studio when we leave here. But in all seriousness, that is why I follow coaches because I believe that the intensity and the confidence on the court starts from that clipboard and the person who's holding it. And what they put into their players is what we see on the court. And I'm expecting to see a confidence and a, a expectation to win. I want a cockiness. That's what that's what I'm, I, I've always been wanting out of Louisville is a cockiness on the court. Like, dude, we, we're supposed to win this game. We're expecting to win, and we know we got this. We don't even see that when they play team, lesser opponents because we've seen them play down to their opponent's playing level so many times to where they lo- either lose or have close games against people they should be blowing out. But I want to see a cockiness on that court this coming season. That's exactly what I'm expecting to see and what I want to see.
0: Well, I mean, I think that kind of goes back to that whole mentality of the Georgetown Hoyas. Everybody remembers, like, you know, for—for I know some, some of our younger listeners may not remember, but Georgetown was feared in the 80s. Exactly. When you saw John Thompson and crew roll in there, like the intimidation factor of seeing Big John, who was seven foot tall, Come out there! All his boys came in there in, in that in that gray and dark blue, and it was just intimidating. You see Patrick Ewing, you know Alonzo Mourning, De'Ken Baymatumbo. You, you know you see these guys that coming out of the gate. There was an intimidation factor that Georgetown, that fear that they put into everybody, and I feel like Louisville, from a coaching perspective, has put their best foot forward to be able to have some of that. And then you think about the fact that you have a guy like Sidney Curry, who is a very imposing figure. Like, Louisville has the seeds of something that could be very, very special. Uh, You know, and, and I think that, Will, to your point, you're a guy who's about coaches, you're a guy who's about who's leading that program. And if you're a player, and not only do these coaches have that size intimidation factor, all three of these guys, were, were selected as first-round picks in the NBA draft. All three of these guys, you know, spent time in the NBA. All three of these guys, as Joe talked about, has championship rings. And all three of these guys can tell you this is what happened when I was there. Danny Manning is a Hall of Famer in the NBA. How are you ever going to talk back to that dude or say to that dude that he doesn't know what he's talking about? Like, I feel like that's huge.
3: I completely agree. I completely agree. And you all know that I, I'm a big fan of championship pedigree as well. Um, no matter what level it's on, if you have made it to that level and it, and, made, and, and, and experienced that achievement of winning a championship, you're, you you can usually no longer expect or desire anything less than that. It's a, it's a pedigree that's embedded within you at that point. And to to think that the three people on the staff so far, are all three of them are champions – You got to know that that's all they're going to expect. Nothing less than that is is what they're going out there to achieve. You know they're not going to be excited and satisfied with the Sweet Sixteen or tournament appearance, even for that matter. A it's like championship or nothing. You know when we watch people like the Coach K's and and and, uh, the Dean Smiths, you know it's championship or nothing. That's what we're here for. We're not going to celebrate you know, doing these other things. It, it, it's, it's something worth hanging something up for, maybe. But, no, if we're here to win a championship. That's what we take the court for is to try to win a championship. And that's a pedigree. There are certain coaches that have that. That's, all, that's what we're here for. If we don't do that, or at least that, that's, that needs to be what our goal is. We don't need to be out here trying to, you know, that that our, our, well, what are we here for, man? If we can make it here or there, we'll be good. No, 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 no. We're here to win the championship. If we don't, you know, that's, that's going to be acceptable at times. But that is always going to be our goal from the minute the season starts is to win the championship.
0: Play like a champion. I mean, that's what I think about, you know, everybody sees that sign as Notre Dame walks out of their uh, their locker room and smacks that, that board on the wall as the football team goes in there. And that's what you're talking about. It's that culture, you know, that culture of. Winning that culture of expecting championships, that culture of carrying yourself like a professional at all times. And, and Haven, tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like everything that this program is doing, even to the fact that it's seeming to rub some people the wrong way, because we're already starting to hear some of that. We're starting to hear that, you know, Kenny Payne goes out, grabs Nolan Smith, a young African American coach who's, you know, making some great inroads with a big time at Duke. People at Duke couldn't believe that Nolan left. Now you bring in a Danny Manning, an NBA Hall of Famer, another African-American coach to come in and do that, Kenny Payne being an African-American himself. I feel like some people are starting to get uncomfortable with, you know, what's going on there. Are, are you starting to get some of that as well? Because I started to hear some of those things wow. come out
3: nah, after
0: the hire of Danny Manning yesterday. Uh, the Haven, uh, did you, have you been hearing a little bit of that or but, getting that
2: sense? Man, like, when haven't you heard that? I mean, like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, honestly, man, like, 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 how many times have we heard Louisville called the Blackbirds? Not, that's new to me. Mm-hmm. Where, really? Where have I, I, I been? I swear that's right. brand new to me. Hey, man. Really? Okay, in yeah, the Blackbirds has been an old statement. Yeah, he's, I used to hear about you all the time. In
3: reference to what? Like, in, because of
2: the, the teams? In the, in Definitely that, not the coaching well, staffs. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of urban well, school in man. The 80s,
4: in the eighties in the eighties people used to joke five chocolate chips and a crumb.
3: Wow. <laughs>
4: yeah, man. The the stuff see now y'all are dipping into my my area of expertise. How are the whites responding? <laughs> well <laughs>
3: Joe Joe is uh, he, he, he he's he's uh... <laughs> the Caucasian
4: correspondent <laughs> is checking in for a moment. <laughs> Uh, Well, guys, with a heavy heart, I must report that my fellow whites are at it again. Uh, Not all of us, just some. Uh, Yeah, you know, man, I I did get it. I'm going to throw my buddy under the bus. I won't call him out by name. He's listening. He knows he was stupid. He texted me and just said, I'm not trying to be that guy. And I almost replied, you already are. Yeah, if you gotta say that you're about to be that guy. Don't do that. But uh, he said, "Honest, honest question here: If Chris Mack had come in and hired an all-white staff, do you think that would have been acceptable? Said, man, nobody would have given a damn. If you know how many all-white staffs exist, right? Like this is right. this is ridiculous, man. It's it only stands out, and it's only a story to you because it. Where else has it happened, Georgetown, right? That's it." That's it. So and to the people that have that have commented on that, man, we're not gonna get in too deep into that. They're gonna complain about whatever. Once they start kicking ass winning games and winning recruiting battles, oh man, I was I was all on board with this. Right, look exactly. At, look how diverse our staff is. <laughs> <laughs> First, it really seems to be helping
3: <laughs> Exactly. And and full disclosure, I didn't even know who Chris Max uh 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 Assistants were until things started falling apart. I didn't know that Dino. I I didn't pay, Dino and Pagets. I didn't even know that who they that they were there or who they were because I didn't really know who the coaching staff was. I, I was really disconnected from the Chris Mack era here at U of U of L. So and, and that's just me being honest. So you
4: wise sage man,
3: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't miss much. No, and and, 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 and yeah. Haven and Rocky know that I'm telling the truth from the gate. I, yeah, that, that, I no 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 no. So I didn't even know who his staff was. They could have been all white, and I wouldn't have known one way or the other.
1: (laughs) I
0: mean, you know, and and I think that that is something that I had not heard much about with, of course, the hire of Kenny Payne and and Nolan Smith. But I just thought it was interesting that 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 conversation kind of started to get some rumblings yesterday after Danny Manning was announced. So I I do feel like that's going to be something that especially – If the uh, expectation that either uh, Joel Justice, um, who's currently an assistant coach at Arizona State, and another guy, Mike uh, Meningua, I believe is the way you say his name, that uh, uh, our buddy Jeremy Wyman talked about could possibly get that last spot. Both guys are African-American coaches. That I feel like that's going to be one of those things that's going to start to become a conversation. Um, which I thought was kind of interesting because I hadn't even really thought about it. I just thought about, you know, who who are the best coaches to go out there and get from an experience standpoint, from an NBA um, legitimacy standpoint, and from a coaching acumen standpoint. So, you know, I hadn't really thought about that. But I I did think it was interesting that they started to bring that up as a talking point. So that'll be something, um, you know, to definitely keep an eye on moving forward. But, uh, you know, the the last thing that I wanted to hit on, uh, and and I know we have plenty of other news, uh, you know, football uh, is doing their thing, and I'll let Haven pontificate on that. We got the NBA playoffs starting. I'll let you all get into all those things. But I did want to say, just in regards to the basketball recruiting trail, everybody wants to know what's going on with – the uh, you know who's next who's going to be a part of the team? Um, of course, it was announced that Samuel Williamson has found a home. He's uh, transferring out to SMU. Um, Gabe Wisnitzer announced that he will be uh, heading to the Ohio Bobcats. Um, so, of course, definitely we wish those guys luck. Um, it wasn't it was announced that JJ Trainer was coming back. Uh, so JJ will definitely be a part of the team moving forward. Uh, the only guy right now that we don't know about. Um, is uh, Roosevelt Wheeler. Um, Roosevelt is on the fence right now. That um, They don't know if he is going to be a part um, of things moving forward, so it's kind of a wait and see. But there's a couple of names, fellas, to keep your eyes on. Uh, former LSU commitment Devin Ree, um, a 6'7", uh, wing guard, um, very good shooter, one of the best shooters in the 2022 class, um, is currently visiting University of Louisville um, and is expected that things should go well and that he should be the first commitment uh, of Kenny Payne and the new staff. Uh, so we're going to have to keep an eye on that. They'll probably hear something maybe. Could be today, could be tomorrow. They may wait until Monday. But it is expected that Devin Ree is going to be that first commitment. Other guys to keep an eye on. Former five-star big man, uh, uh, Huntley Hatfield from Tennessee. Uh, Brandon Huntley Huntley Hatfield is a name to keep an eye on. Um, I know that they are looking to possibly get a visit set up with him in the very near future, as well as Sean McNeil, um, a a wing, a three-point shooter out of West Virginia uh, transfer, is also looking to set up a visit with Louisville uh, sometime maybe the middle of next week. Um, So if we can get Huntley Hatfield, uh, as well as Devin Reed, to go with Kamari Lands, who also reestablished that he will be at the University of Louisville, that is a humongous start to this class with what you have coming back. Um, uh, Joe, let me ask you, if they can find a way to get Huntley Hatfield in there, who's more of a post player, do you think that's going to have an impact on Rose Wheeler, or do you think that
4: Louisville has space for both of those guys to be a part of the program? I think they've got they've got space on for both of those guys because I don't know that Roosevelt's going to stay on the stay down on the block like I, said, I complained about this all last season. The only guy that we have that really looks comfortable down there and looks like he understands that's where he he makes his hay, that's where he he's going to enforce on people is is uh, Sid. So I'd like to have another complimentary post player if Sid gets in foul trouble or you know. We, we've seen over the last couple of years with COVID protocols and everything else, it, 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 your starting lineup is not your starting lineup until that ball gets tossed in the air. That's real. You know, a That's lot, a very lot can real. happen in the course of a day. And with that being you know, said,
3: so depth, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry,
4: Joe. Oh, all I was going to say is that with that being said, man, I think right now depth is the most important until we get COVID figured out. You need to go, you need to have two lineups.
3: I agree. And, and you, you don't have also to play things guys. That COVID is is on a certain sur- another surge. Exactly, those things are very important, and you all know how big I am on names and and, and star power. Sharif O'Neill is in the transfer portal right now. Uh, listen, say what you want to say. I don't even know what his numbers are, but to have him here at this school would be a big deal. I'll just leave it there.
0: Just to get Shaq. Well, Sharif,
3: just to no, get that, that is
0: definitely a huge name. He's been coming back uh, from. Uh, you know, he had heart surgery. Um, he had to have uh, he had a heart condition that he had to have um, some some procedures done. So he's not really played. He was originally at LSU, or excuse me, UCLA. He transferred to LSU. He's still kind of been on a medical re- comeback.
3: So he's not really played much. But that's definitely I didn't even realize he was in the portal. He's Will? in the portal just to have him on the bench. I don't care if he's not you know able to get on the court or take the court. Having him here, we all know that would be a huge deal. A huge deal just to have Shaquille O'Neal in the house. We need that. This is what we need at U of L. I've been saying it for years. On the bench, in terms of the coaching staff, we need famous people. Bottom line. In our seats and in our stands, in our locker rooms, we need I, famous what, people.
4: You know what, Will? I completely agree with that. And you've made this point a couple of years ago when we were doing we were doing the show. And I, and I really thought about it. And to me... What is what is the what is the city of Louisville and its residents love to say? We don't need the NBA. We got U of L. Man, whatever. We don't need the NBA. We don't want the NBA. Okay, I don't agree with that. <laughs> you know, no, but that's a separate argument. But if that's going to be your attitude and that's going to be your approach, then let's make U of L an NBA. An NBA. Team. There you go. There you go. That's what Calipari let's did. You create know, the environment. Exactly. I don't make know if anybody thing. hates you know,
3: people UK more than me. And being an alumni of UK, can't stand him. But I love John Calipari because of what he did. He brought the
4: Showtime
3: era, like LA, LA Lakers Showtime era, to Lexington.
4: Yep. He yep. did it. Make it a make it a big make it an event. Make Louisville basketball a can't miss event. There you where go. You can't get a ticket into the Yum. You're parking your butt next door at one of the bars, and you're watching. You and go. You're going outside and you're hanging out after the win. Because that's the place you want to be on a Friday or Saturday. Night there you ESPN's in town. There you
3: go. And,
0: and, and what, I think what, and what I you think fellas that are talking about is table. making. what y'all are talking about is making U of L cool again, making Louisville cool again, mm-hmm. like they were. You know, when Denny had things going and Louisville was swagged out uh, in the '80s, and they were going out there. They had those athletes, the doctors, the dunk, the high five. That's what it's all about, man. It's all about making them cool again, and, and I really and truly feel like there was a very important step towards making them cool again if it's Sharif O'Neill and he brings Shaq with him or if it's DJ Wagner being able as the number one player in 2023 coming back and being a part of that and being that watershed recruit that announces that Louisville's back. It's all about making Louisville back again. Fellas, we're going to go ahead, hit that first break of the show I really, really, really appreciate you guys taking over. I'm going to go ahead at this point and bow out and let y'all do your thing. I have no doubts that y'all are going to kill it. I don't know if you want to get back on the basketball conversation. I don't know if y'all are going to turn them to football or NBA, but that's going to be up to y'all. Fellas, I appreciate it. I'm going to go watch my baby boy play a little volleyball.
3: Good luck, Cameron. Good luck, Cameron. Good luck, Coach Cry Myers.
1: Mm
2: Welcome back to Wake Up 502. Man, what a what a great first segment there. I'm telling you, man, I, you know what? It's, it's good to hear Rashawn finally jump on the pain train. It took like a month to do it, but it's like he's, he's finally going to kind of jump on the
3: pain train. Well, I'll be honest. I am, too. I You, you all know who, who my preference was it, from the last round of uh, interviews when we hired Chris Mack. I was hoping that we would at least revisit the Mark Jackson conversation uh but hey i'm i'm down man i'm down like four flats and a low jack on this one uh i like the the the, the look uh we came back with the i'm bad uh Mike, the michael jackson i'm bad i'm hoping that that will be the attitude uh on the court that we'll start to see this season uh you know i want <laughs> i think uh rocky used the right term intimidation I want I want the Run D M C coming through the tunnel with the Def Jam, even though they were on profile, they had on <laughs> Def Jam jackets. You know what I mean? That's the kind of stuff I want. I want players getting in trouble for wearing Nike. You know what I mean? <laughs> for, and even though they're at Adidas, school. Yeah. I, I want con, I want a little controversy. Not and I don't want uh, uh Katrina Powell back, but I want this team to be bad. You understand what I'm saying? I want them to be bad, and Absolutely. I want them to be feared and and, and intimidating. All of that, all of that. That's what I'm looking for. I w- I'll get behind that. I swear I will.
4: And uh, you mentioned the Run DMC. Want to give a shout out to our friends over at the Adidas Outlet. No doubt. stuff we got some. Uh, we got some Adidas track suits now, so we'll we'll be looking official, like uh, like the the 502 Run DMC. That's what's up. We'll be uh, we'll be the Run Wake Up 502. <laughs> That's what's uh, up. Running back, y'all. And and to your point about the music they're playing, bad. You know. I, I, the troll and me, just was snickering, and I muted my phone so y'all couldn't hear me laughing when uh, Rashawn queued up, or I guess Haven, since you're in the studio, I I heard what you did there when you queued up back in Black, <laughs> the the outro, totally talking about the jerseys, right?
3: Oh, you know it. Yeah, yeah, the
4: jerseys, right? <laughs>
3: right, right.
4: I mean, I think everybody's brought up very good points about this is an opportunity. This is a true rebrand. And there were a lot of things under the Rick Pitino era that I did not like. Okay. I'm, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll say it as long as people want to hear me talk about it. Rick Pitino was never my coach. Denny Crum was my coach. Uh, That's who I grew up on. And Rick Pitino always felt like the stepdad coming in that had, that made a little bit more money or looked flashier and drove a better car than your dad. But he still ain't your dad. You know your dad could whoop him in a parking lot. Now, it's a nice car you got. That suit's pretty, but you're not my pops. This is sounding very uh, personal, Joe. Hang <laughs> gonna... I, I, on. Look, he, are we still was, talking about sports? <laughs> <of Kentucky? laughs> no, he was the coach from Kentucky. Right, he was right. not the UFL coach. <laughs> and then when he tried that L1C4 nonsense, when it was always Rick first, Louisville second, you know, I didn't like any of that. I love hearing Kenny Payne come in and say, this is going to be a player's first program. Right. Because that's all the the code wording you need. That if you come play basketball here, you're the priority. Your future is the priority. Yes, the championship is the goal for the team and for the fan base. But the real goal for us as coaches and developing a staff and, and developing young men, we're trying to get you all paid. We're trying to get you to the NBA as quick as possible. Right. Because the less time you spent – Charles Barkley said this about Kobe Bryant during his farewell tour. You know, God only gives your body so many jumps. And when you've used them all up, you can't jump anymore. So I'm a big proponent in college football, more so than basketball. But even in basketball, keep that mileage low until you're getting paid. Right.
3: Very you're true. already
4: playing year-round with all these AAU summer camps, you know. Right. And your uh, body is your number one asset. He, yeah, body is your number one it asset uh, uh,
3: as an athlete, and yeah, I completely agree with you. And that that that's one of the things that you know. And I I know that U uh, of L fans are not going to like me continuing to reference John Calipari, but that's one of the things he did. And that is why when you turn on the TV to watch NBA games every team in the NBA has a U.K. player on the team. At least one. Yeah, yeah, really, and this is not yeah. an exaggeration. At this point, it used to be an exaggeration. No. Oh, man, every just about every team? No, now it's, it's, it's almost factual at this point. Uh, and, and that is a thing. That's something that it says a lot about your program and a lot about your school to these recruits that, that are looking to come play. When they you're talking about, look, oh, no, I do my job. I get you to that next level. I do my job. So it's not a question about whether I can get you there. I've done it several times over. Every year, multiple players going, you know, so that that speaks a lot towards your, your the future of your team and, and your recruiting when you have that ability to do that.
4: Oh, and you don't think that – I mean, if I'm Cal, the first thing that I'm mentioning when I go recruit a player, William, the first thing I'm going to tell you if I want you to come play for the University of Kentucky is I'm going to write a number down on a piece of paper and slide it across. And you're going to go, whoa, that's how much you're willing to pay me? To come play at Kentucky? And I'm going to go, good God, we don't have that kind of money. How much do you think a horse sells for? Good God, son. No, that's the combined contracts of every player who's played for me at Kentucky as of today. That's how much money they've made. There you go. There
3: There you go. That that makes a difference. That makes a huge difference. That's my sales
4: pitch. Yes, indeed. That's my only sales pitch. And then I'm going to tell them, look over that number. Think about it. When you want to talk about actual X's and O's or anything like that, let me know. Scholarships on the table. There's the number.
3: And and then too, listen, the university needs to start getting behind these NIL agreements and making and putting those on the table when they go to visit these players. It, it, now you and, can and go. I think out you're going to see that. Yeah, yeah. No, what well, well, what are we waiting for? That's my question.
4: What are we waiting for? No, we're not. We're we're not. I think we're just waiting on on Kenny to, to pull the trigger on some of this stuff. Man, listen. When I come, I got I look, got for look, for look, the the I got Sam got Swope
3: with me. I got look, who who look name some people. Look, we got who? Who do we no, have no, no. Here in in Louisville? The uh, Headquarters here. Papa John's left, but dude, we we need to start taking these and letting these people be part of our recruiting, if that's possible. I don't really know how the whole thing is set up, but we need to start all, all the bourbon. Listen, I don't I don't know how it works. I don't know if the what the stipulations are.
4: Bourbon but... bourbon is now, now. This is the one thing that hurts the bluegrass. Uh, the nil prohibits athletes from endorsing
3: alcohol. alcohol i figured as much that's why i made that comment in so terms they of...
4: can't do so they can't do like liquor barn
3: gotcha gotcha which, okay which makes that's sense a
4: huge one here in the state of course but, um uh when you get out of louisville here's something that i've noticed during basketball season watching games outside of louisville the co- the commercials are completely different and i saw all the nil commercials that kentucky was getting the damn commonwealth credit union they, they had a couple of kids on there with nil deals from from the credit union, so they can get creative. Um, they can get the racetracks involved.
3: The racetracks, uh, you know. yeah. And that's the way. That's unfortunate that we have very little industry here. Uh, you know that that you know. Well, you know, it's it's not about the industry. It's about it's it's about the energy
2: in your fan base. Like, let's take Alabama for instance. I mean, how much in- industry is in Tuscaloosa, Alabama? But
3: yet, their quarterback has a seven figure nil deal yeah yeah, but you got to have that reach to where you know not only the people in your city and the companies in your city are interested in, in using your players and your student athletes for uh, you know to, to provide endorsements. And that's what that's going to be a marketing thing. and Louisville that, that, that's the point that I'm making. We got to start being smart about how we market our players and our programs. If Louisville is still according to, according to Forbes, still the most profitable basketball program in the entire country in the entire country, that should no longer be a surprise to people. And what I'm saying about that is that it should be obvious. You should, When you see the, everything about the school, the, the students, the, the student-athletes, it should be obvious. They should look like they are the most profitable basketball team in the entire country. And I'm not saying in terms of flashiness and stuff like that, but it, it, my point being they should stand out some kind of way. And I don't think anybody would argue with that in terms of what way they should stand out. That's not my job. I don't get paid to figure that out. But there are people at the university who do. And I'm saying that they need to start getting on top of that. That's the point that I'm making.
4: I, I think I think you're going to see a lot. And give them credit. You know, yeah, we got in trouble for them. And, I pref- and I'm a Nike guy. But uh, Adidas was really smart, I think, with that NIL campaign that they launched as Adidas with the schools they partner with that it makes every single student athlete, not just football and basketball, every student athlete on campus is now indeed as branded bastard. Right. Right. That makes UofL sense. U of L was one of the first U was one of the first programs to say we're going to we're going to open up a, a department within the athletic department that only deals with the NIL. Right. I think they were I. I, I you gotta give credit where it's due, and I'm not sure that, that was if that was Vince uh, you know, before he he was he left, or if that's been uh, something under Josh, I'm really not certain. But you have to give the department all the credit in the world for looking at it and saying, we don't necessarily know what this is right now, but we're not going to get passed by other people who do. We're going to invest in it. We're going to figure it out, and we're going to utilize it.
2: You're going to make it happen. You know what? It looks like we're coming up on a on a break here, so we'll take a quick commercial break. We come back, Joe. Man, you know what? Let's talk a little bit more about what this hire means and what we expect to see on the recruiting trail for your University of Louisville Fighting Cardinals to beak with teeth when we come back on Wake Up 502. Welcome back to Wake Up 502 with the little Kumo D. How you like me now? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that the pain train, it's real. The pain train is real,
3: baby. Hey, he got me yesterday with the, the Danny Ma- Hey, listen, you do certain things. Every move you make is going to bring in a different facet of fans. I got hooked yesterday mm-hmm. with Danny Manny Howard. Oh, yeah. I'm not lying.
2: You know, honestly, for me, it was in his first press conference when he had a Nolan Smith. And they were like, we're going to go after the top players in the country. That's it. No, we're going after the five-star kids, all the super talented kids. That's what we're doing. Right. And for me, that was like a breath of fresh air because, you know, like Rick never really went after like the top recruits. Like Rick, except for like Sebastian Telflair, and there's maybe a couple others. But normally, like Rick made his bread and butter on, you know, your mid-level 100 to 300-rated players, and kind of coached him up, and right. that, that was him. It hasn't been since, like, the Denny Crum, Wade Houston there. I always have to throw Wade Houston in there because Wade was, like, the real recruiter. Like, he was the guy that like, brought in, like, all the real talent. You know, it hasn't been since, like, literally the
3: 80s since Louisville's kind of gone after, like, your top-tier recruits. Well, that that has a lot to do with coaching style, personality, because the 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 the, the top-tier players and recruits on every level can sometimes be harder to coach. So if you don't have that in managing, that's when it comes into managing personalities. That's why, as we know, my favorite coach of all time is Phil Jackson, a.k.a. my biological father. But it's because of how well he managed. And people say all the time, well, he had this play. He had that play. Yeah, so did the coaches before him but they couldn't He had to manage the
4: damn egos.
3: He had to manage the egos. So did you the Coach had Smith Michael Forum.
4: Jordan, yeah. Scottie Pippen, and
3: Dennis Rodman
4: in the same room. Man, exactly. you deserve the Nobel Peace Prize. Exactly. And then, the hell with Coach of the Year. Exactly. You <laughs> can exactly. solve, solve world peace if you can get Dennis Rodman to focus for 27 exactly. minutes. Exactly.
3: exactly. He did the same thing when we went to L.A. with the team that had no... Uh, that had the same players before he got there. Yeah. But the coaches couldn't do as nothing Nell with it. Well,
4: here's what went wrong.
3: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So th- that that speaks <laughs> a lot to that. So to say that he's going after the top tier players, that that he that, that's another thing. I didn't know that. But now knowing that, now I'm paying attention again as well. I think we got a call on the line. Uh that we're gonna <laughs> see what they have to say to us. We got Wayne on the line. Wayne, what you got to say for us this morning?
4: This
1: morning, Haven and Joe. I heard my buddy he left to go to be with his son. That's good news. That's good stuff. I'm just um, going to make a brief comment. All these, I call them talking heads, or are, are even to be more uh, vocal, fools. They, they don't know who they want, but the staff, Kenny Payne, like he said, I'm going to put the best possible staff together, and thus far he's done that. You've got three coaches on there, played the game, and they all won championship. What other staff has that? None, not a mm-hmm. single one. So I don't understand what these people are are itching about. It's stupidity, and but but really, really, and I just you know I you know I say what I say, but really we we know what it is. It's that in earth racism. That's exactly what it is, exactly. And and I'm glad Kenny Payne is man enough to. Get the best people, and just like you alluded to earlier when you talked about Denny Crum, I was back in the day. Uh, the Blackbirds, stupidity—you know it, what it is. Mm-hmm. It's haters.
3: Yeah, that was new to me. And, and, that was new to me. A,
1: a, exactly, and the thing of it is, we we just might as well call it because I went to U of L, I, I, and it, it was racist. I went back in 1970, so you know how long ago mm. that is. It was. But we managed to survive and do what we needed to do. And people need to get – it's like my daddy used to say, and y'all heard the saying too, is you do what you got to do on the pot or get off. There you go. There
3: you go. <laughs> there you go. Yep. And, and, and,
1: and, and, and like we're, like everybody's been saying, get on the pain train. Kenny Payne, Nolan Smith, and now uh, uh, Danny Manning. Now, Danny Manning Man- was surprised, surprised. And I, I like way he does stuff. He said, I'm not going to tell you jack. You'll see when I do it. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's what it is. He's not leaking any information. And they can't stand
3: it. Right.
0: They
1: want to know everything, but he's not going to do it. He's going to do it his way. And either you like it or you don't, you can, you can get on the bus. It's like my, my daddy used to say, we want everybody to get on the bus without no fuss. But if you don't, it's has gone your way and leave us alone. Cause we going on and we're going to do great things. But Haven and now <laughs> Joe and my my buddy, Sean, you know, I love you guys. You know, I, I haven't met Joe yet, but I met you. Hey, you know me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love what I love what you guys do. Keep on doing what you're doing because you're you're a presence in the city and on the airwaves, and I just love you to death. And at the end of the day, you know what we say, go Cards. There it is. Okay. There it is. And that, uh, I'm going to go is. ahead and nominate
3: Wayne for the call of the day. Uh, as we uh up against another break. But no, that was a wonderful call and made some wonderful points. Uh, we continue to highlight those points and get into some more stuff on the other side of this break. Uh you here with us this morning. Wake up 502. We'll see you on the other side. How you like me now. is the season of catching the vapors. And since I got time, what I'm going to do? i tell you how to spread it throughout my crew. Well, you all know G.J. Swann, who sing on my records. Make the music nobody beats the best. Well, check it. Back in the days before this began, he used to try to talk to this girl named Fran. That type of female with fly Gucci wear. With big truck?
2: welcome in the back in the hair. to Wake <laughs> Up 502. Man, a whole bunch of guys about to catch the vapors on this one because man, no one's Kenny Payne train is in the house,
3: but we have a little controversy going on in, in, in the Cardinal family this week. A little controversy. It's something that I'm not extremely <coughs> familiar with. Uh, I moved. I moved to Kentucky from Hampton, Virginia, in, in 1993. Uh, around this time, actually April of '93. It's been 29 years uh, since we moved here. My mother moved us here. This is her home, Kentucky. Uh, so this is past the the championship runs uh, for U of L. Uh, and just on the early side of Kentucky being the, you know, kind of the highlight of the state uh, with Rick Pitino making his runs, you know, his championship runs. So I didn't know much about that. Um, but it's funny because now we, we 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 went with that song, The Vapors, first of all, because it's obvious that Guillermo Suave is in the house now. You know what I'm saying? We're going to keep it all the way hip hop. But beyond that, because everybody's going to start catching The Vapors pretty soon, you can just sit back and, and wait for it. Uh, people are going to start jumping on the bandwagon, especially you know if things play out the way that we're foreseeing them play out. What are y'all thinking about that?
4: Well, it it needs to happen because the sad reality about it is that there is now an entire generation of kids eligible to go to college that only know scandal. Right. They don't. You know what I mean? Like guys, I know this is this is tough for for some fans to accept, but year of the Cardinal was almost a decade ago. That's real. So, and we're still paying. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. That 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 check hadn't completely cleared just yet. But uh, but we're getting through it, and and it's important to inject. You know, right now with with the way that the Chris Mack tenure ended, this was truly a watershed moment for the program, and I, and I was terrified that they would just not. Whatever the right thing is, we go in the opposite direction. The opposite I was terrified direction. because. Look at look across the bridge, man. It is real easy to go from from a powerhouse program to a laughing stock. Uh, IU hadn't done a damn thing, so make a popcorn box commemorating a, a win against Kentucky and and hired some snitches to write a book about you, though right that, so that's their that's their that's been their one shining moment
3: that's an important point to uh, make because the you make the wrong move and now you're you're fifteen twenty cool. years out, and you still haven't gotten back yeah. to you, to the glory that's real and that's then, very real
4: and then you become u c l a where you say, man, I think their fan base is happy being in the hunt every twenty years, right, but not being a year in and year out consistency like they once were right. And right. speaking of LA, real quick, while we got you on on the show, uh, Willie, <laughs> you know today's the Caps' birthday, seventy-five. Happy birthday, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar! Man, that's if you've been watching. Have you been watching Winning Time, sir?
3: No, I have not. I've listen. I need to though. I need to get. Ooh. There's some controversy around that. Magic Johnson has made some comments <laughs> recently about the uh, Winning Time. Is the uh, for those of you who don't know, is the uh, series. About the Showtime Lakers, uh, so no, I, I need I need to get tuned in on that. I get I need to get tuned in on Man. that. Man, uh, I I, I could have watched it last night. Last night I had a lot of downtime. My family uh, was a, uh, at my mother in law's house celebrating my daughter's birthday with a sleepover. I went ahead and went with uh, James Baldwin's I I am not your Negro, but I could have went with Winning Time. That would have been a nice time to get caught up on that. But uh, no no, I'm, so so they tell me too, uh, cause I, I asked about you know, and let me let me bring up something. I said this on the air. When when people were calling for Tom George to go, I said, okay, we got we got Tom and we got we got Rick. If you want Rick to go, I, I don't agree with that either. Not saying I don't think he it has done anything wrong, but my thing is I don't think we should fire him. But if you're gonna choose between the two, fire Rick and keep Tom. And everybody's calling in, no, 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 no. We need to I you know what I said on the air? I said, okay, for everybody in this city who is not going to give Tom the credit for what he's done and think that he needs to be fired, you're some ungrateful bastards. I said those exact <laughs> words. And now look what they're doing. We, we want Tom to come back, please. Where's Tom? Let Please bring Tom back.
4: So I, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not say that's the fan base. Well, no, well like I don't eight, know. To, I, I don't eight, know, Joe. No, no. Nah. No, nah, it's eight very moneyed
3: people. In town well, no, no, beyond that, no. Beyond so that. No, no, Joe. No, Joe. It, it, this is beyond just hey, those man, boosters. Our man,
4: our man, our man, Mike Rutherford put a poll out the other day on Twitter that said, you know, I honestly don't know where the fan base is. Do y'all want Tom back? Yes or no? It had thousands of votes. 78% said no. I'm telling you, it is a very vocal minority. It's like everything else that's wrong with this damn world. Okay, the I'll vocal minority comes off and sounds very, very loud and abrasive because they know the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, I didn't and see. it's, it's kind of like when you see that that kid throw a temper tantrum in, in a store and the parents literally have to drag them out. No, uh, I got you. I that's got what you. this feels like.
3: Well, I'm going to tell you, I, I haven't logged into my Twitter account since April of 2020, but so I, I didn't <laughs> see that poll, but. Uh, if if that, if I were to take that poll, you can put me on the Tom Jurich side of it. I'm sorry, and that's just me being being honest. But okay, so uh, tying tying the two conversations together, I, about the beef between Jurich and, and Denny Crum because I saw I saw a headline saying that Denny Crum has came out and, and officially said you know <laughs> that he's against the rehire. Tell you all, I, I'm gonna need you two to tell me more about this because this is I didn't start paying attention to U of L basketball until Rick Pitino came. I'm gonna be Ooh. honest with you. That's just me being honest. Okay, I'm, I'm an NBA guy. I, I didn't pay attention to it. That's so, fair. So tell me, tell me what, okay, what is this so about? Give me the history. Me,
4: on it. Okay, to me, and Haven, you know, chime in, fill in, we're, we're, whatever you got. To me, there's some better irony to all of this because Tom is now in the situation that Denny found himself in when Tom took over. Everybody knows. When did Tom he's done come? When did things. Tom come to U of L? I don't know the specific year, actually, but towards the end of Denny's run, man, it got bad. It got really bad. Um, it was clear that Coach Crumb had lost his fastball. He wasn't really losing. Wade Houston is just... every Louisville fan will tell you that was the moment that the tide changed.
3: As a play... was uh, Wade Houston a player or? A coach? It was a it was assistant, assistant. Wade coach. Houston.
4: Wade Houston was an assistant coach. He's Alan Houston's father. Yeah, Alan yeah. Houston was coming to U of L. Denny did something that was incredibly rare at that point in time. He let Allen out of his commitment. He'd already signed to come here, and Denny said, "I don't think that was right. He wants to go play for his father." So he let him go. How many coaches actually would have done that? Not many. Well, I t- I throw a story uh, on top but, of that. But Tom um, was in a bad.
3: that I do know. Tom
4: was, just real quick to yeah, yeah. real quick to to kind of explain that. Tom was in a in a in an ugly situation where he had to replace a Hall of Fame coach. And you have to give him credit. He's the only AD I can think of off the top of my head that's ever replaced <clears throat> one Hall of Famer with another back-to-back Hall of Famer. Gotcha. We didn't have the Matt Daugherty gap year. You know what I mean? There like, are gap years between Dean Smith and Roy, like Carolina went through. So we went straight from watching a Hall of Fame coach slowly lose his, his, his edge to then we bring in the young and up-and-comer. I also... You know, I think a lot of Louisville fans have forgotten just how damn young Rick was when he took the Louisville job. I mean, he—this th- th- was 20 years ago. How young was he? So he was in his 40s. Gotcha. He's in his—he's in his late 40s. So I mean, that's young for for a coach. Um, and and what happened was Tom had to force Denny out, it, and everybody had to admit that, Coach, you have done tremendous things. You built this program. It's always going to be your program. We'll put your name on the court. But it's time to hand the reins over to somebody else. Now, Tom didn't lose his eight ball by any means. But Tom let some stuff get out of control here that I feel like the overwhelming sense with most fans, it's not bitterness towards Tom. I think you get the reaction from people of, I'm sick of hearing about this, because it always comes from the same group of people that stir this crap up. And I think for a lot of fans, it's kind of like, man, I want my ex back, but it doesn't work. We're terrible for each other. Whatever reason, it fizzled out. It's time I, to move on.
3: I don't think that he
1: was and terrible for you, every time this comes
4: back up, I don't think he was terrible during the relationship, but I think the divorce was, was as bad as it could be. And I thought Tom did a really good job of keeping his mouth shut and disappearing. Basically, he ran the, the complete opposite playbook of Rick Pitino. right. You know, bringing up kicking and screaming again. Tom went off. He got his money. He got paid. He said some petty things. He put all of his U stuff up for uh, auction on eBay. But you know, that was really about it.
3: That's true. That's true. I mean, and I heard it, Derek Anderson tell the, the story thing. of when he. What, what, what did Derek? What was what was Da at before UK?
4: Where was? Oh, Derek Anderson was at Ohio State. At Ohio State. Before, uh, yeah,
3: and I heard them tell that's what that's what I thought. But I wanted someone to, to make sure that I was correct on that. He told the story on. Uh, I heard him on a radio show one afternoon that when he realized that he, you know, he was leaving Ohio State, and you know he he was wanting to come to U of L, but he said that yeah. Denny Crum would not come up there to meet with him. Yeah, and that's the yeah. reason that he decided to go. He said Patino came. That was the only difference, and that's what made the difference between him going to UK versus coming to U of L. That was the only difference is yeah. that Denny Crum would not come and meet with him up in Ohio State.
4: Look man, I love Denny he that like I said earlier, that's my coach, but it's it's no secret that as soon as the season was over, it was fishing season. It was time to go. It was time to go. yeah, and Denny was fly fishing and his and his staff did the recruiting that so, that's wade really was his his ace in the whole recruiter so and he let him go. And he, well, he got the head coaching job at Tennessee. Tennessee hired him so his son would come play there.
3: Got you. Got I mean, you. that's
4: the general. That that's how good of a high school player Alan Houston was. Got you. Alan Alan Houston was a monster. Uh, you know who his high school coach was, right? No, I don't. Scotty Davenport did not know that. <laughs> did not
3: know that. Yeah, I'm a big so fan. Of, I'm a, a big of fan of Davenport. Can... I'm a huge fan of Davenport. I am too. I even this brought, his name, no I brought his name up. I uh, brought his name up as 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 someone that should be considered for the for the uh, head coach at U I did several times.
4: And this is not a knock on Scotty. Not saying he's not. Uh, un, he he didn't deserve it. He has. He's and he's a great steward for the city of Louisville. He is a, uh, an amazing ambassador for Louisville. But to me, you know how you gauge it. Like what? How good is a player? There's two ways you can gauge him did they change the rules of the sport around him? You know you know what I mean? Like did it, they've done that with every great big man in basketball. You, you change the, the width of the lane, you change how much time they can be on the block, all that stuff. The other one is how long did people on a coaching staff continue getting jobs off the success of they had at that school when you were there? Fair, very fair. Staring daggers at Tom Crean. Boy, you were <laughs> – Still cashing Dwayne Wade checks. Hey,
3: but listen, my thing is this, okay, and, and, and this is a, in reference to Scotty Davenport. He's a winner. <laughs> he is a consummate yep. winner. You can't take that away from him, and You can't debate it. You cannot debate it. He's shown that he can win on every level. They should have been in the tournament this year, but the rules are the rules. We understand that. But I, I guarantee you that he's going to be in the tournament whenever they're eligible, if it's next year or the year after. He's going to make it to the tournament at some point, without question. Absolutely, that man knows how to coach a team. I remember when there was a guy that worked at the YMCA that played for Bellarmine. and we used to joke around because he was terrible. But you see the, the way that he has brought this team to be competitive. The Bellarmine Knights are now a competitive basketball team uh, on a national level, mm-hmm. and in Division One. On top of that, so but I digress. I won't. I won't go far into that. But uh, I think that. Uh, I want. I want to explore more about this. Uh, this. This. Kenny Payne. Oh, I'm sorry. This. Uh, Tom Jurich and. and uh
4: Here. Here's the question I have for you all to think about wh- while we're on break. And callers, if you have suggestions, text in, call in, do your thing. I'd like to hear other people's theories on this. I want to know what in the hell was Tom giving people? What access is he granting you? That. Will can't give you as the AD of, U of L. I can't give you as the AD. Like, what was he? Do- what what made Tom so special? Well, that, legitimately, if you go by the rules and and all that stuff, the AD can do what the AD can do, right?
3: Right. Or not?
4: So I'm not going to say right. Was he doing? But what was he doing? Like, what makes him a better salesperson in that job than than anyone else? Dude, being a salesperson not, is a
3: gift. It's a gift, and and and, right. and and you can't really put a always put a finger on it because it's so it's such an art to it that some people can do it and some people can't, and some people are much better than That's others. Fair. Some people are much better than others.
2: Well, and it's also and, and, and when we come back from the break, let's like really break this down because there were some things that made Tom ha- had had an unfair advantage when he was here at U of L, uh, and that, that he used regularly to kind of close deals,
3: things of that nature, and we'll talk about that. Uh, and much more We about- I want more from Haven Haven had given me Some insight uh, During our last break About the things Because Denny Crum Has come out recently And said that he doesn't Want time back Let's get into that A little bit more as well Yeah when we come back and it's, uh, On the other side of break
1: wants to speak And be coming to all the
3: shows Every single weekend To get his people number She be begging please Dying for the day To get skis
4: She got the papers. She got the papers.
2: Welcome back so to Wake Up 502. Man, talk about falling the leader. Let's talk about this Tom <laughs> Turtleneck, Mr. Tom Jurich himself.
3: <laughs> Stall him out, Debo. <laughs>
2: you know what? I'm gonna give you guys like like my quick opinion on on Tom Jurich, and I'm gonna say this: Tom was the AD we needed at the time when he came in and took over Bill Olson strongly disagree, but keep t- keep going, please. He was the guy that, that we needed for the time. He was the guy that got us from Conference USA to the Big East, to the AAC, and then eventually to the ACC. That was all time. You no, know, everything you see on Floyd, on Floyd Street now, he built from the the Nanatorium to the the new softball stadium to the field hockey stadium to the new Bass Rudd Tennis Center to the soccer stadium to yeah to the uh, uh, the soccer stadium to uh, the facility down on River Road. Yeah, the the, the rowing facility. All oh, that uh, Tom did it all. The Yum Center. Tom Tom did it all. But you know is, and he didn't build it. But he <laughs> no. I, I was I would say this, as they say in the Lion King, the sun is set on my kingdom and is rising on yours. Like everybody has a season, and Tom mm-hmm. had his season. Like Denny had his season. Now, I understand why people put a lot of credence, and Denny said, "Well, I'm not going to be. Here if We don't come back. Well, Denny's like a hundred years old. That's fine. Your name's on the court. We we'll always love you, but you had your season. Your season has come, and your your season is gone. Just like Tom, his season has come. His season is gone. And I understand people wanting Tom George to come back. I completely get. I understand. Those were the glory years, and you feel it. You know, that's that was the year the Cardinal. That was the year that we destroyed um, Florida in the Sugar Bowl. You know, we had. Are our, our, some of our best winning underneath Tom George? I get that. And at national championships, you know, we went undefeated in BCS bowl games with Tom. I mm-hmm. get that, and I understand that you want that back. But everybody has a season, and if, everybody and, has a season. But hey, everybody everything. But the problem is this. Go ahead. And I, I think this is what people like. If you really look at it objectively, if Tom did come back, Tom could never be the same AD he was when he was here before. Because when Tom was here before, he had zero oversight. None.
1: Exactly.
2: Tom could do what Tom wanted to do, when he wanted to do it, and how he wanted to do it because he had nobody to answer to. Nobody to answer to. He just did stuff. Like, if I want to hire my son and daughter to do this, I'm going to do it. If I want to sign this deal with Adidas, I'm not going to talk to anybody on the board of directors. I don't have to talk to the president. I'm just going to do it. And and those days are gone. The other thing is, you know, like when Tom was here, they always would brag about, you know, the, the athletic program always made money. But if you look closely, if you actually examine the books, one of the things that got Tom and James Ram- Ramsey in trouble <clears throat> was a lot of years the athletic department didn't make money. They were being funneled money. I'm not going to say illegally, but it's it's against uh, institutional practice to have money funneled from the University of Louisville Foundation to the athletic department. That's what took care of uh, Crackthor's buyout. It's it wasn't the athletic a- department. It was... The little foundation. Uh,
3: accusation of money laundering, Haven? Do you no, know how not, serious this is, man? It's not money
2: laundering. It's us using money from one pot to the next that you, those pots should never be in, in a But they did it all
4: the time. Right. I mean, the coffers. That, yeah. that was where they, they drained all that out. And that's why we were at a point after Tom and Rick left where we said, crap, we're stuck with Bobby. Where are we going to get this $14 million buyout?
3: That should have never been a $14 million in the first place. But listen.
4: But that was Tom giving his buddy a lifetime contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the last thing you do. The last thing you do, if we didn't learn from Albert Hainsworth, uh, as a guy who also has to pay very close attention to what I eat, guys, if y'all give me a $200 million contract, I'm going to be 400
0: pounds.
4: (laughs) That's life. If you give Bobby Petrino any reason to feel comfortable, and not go looking at the neighbor's grass, he's gonna mail it in. Well, listen, and that's what we got.
3: I, you know, fair enough. Not to say that Tom Jurich was a saint by any means, but to discount and discredit the things that that man did for this. City. No, I'm not discounting. Now, mind I, I, you,
2: no, I'm, I'm not saying that 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 could not be replicated that's fair, to that's today. That's
3: fair. But here's the thing, and I, and it mind you, I, I once once it was made known. I, and I heard it live on Terry Minor's show coming in, uh, in in the town that uh, one afternoon. That I think this was January of eighteen when he said this. That Rick Pitino and Tom Jurich walked into the room and shut down the the Charlotte Hornets to Louisville deal, which was already in writing. Uh-huh. Yes. And at that point, I literally threw yep. up on myself. And 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 and, and yep. damned Tom Jurich and Rick Pitino's names. Uh, forever like you know they, they get rid of him yeah let him go <laughs> you know what I'm saying burn it down now I, at that point but <laughs> at the same time it was like you know you still have to look at what he's done for for the program and for the city so okay okay not Tom George fine but who but who so who you know Denny Crump came out and made his statement against him that's when I was like well wait a minute what's the beef here because I wasn't aware of it. you all filled me in on that so now I got a question for you not Tom George who
4: What's wrong with the guy there right now? Yeah, heard. Think, what's I think right Adams with him? He's doing a hell of a job. I think I think he's doing a great job, man. I mean, are we did we not spend the first hour essentially gushing over how excited we were for Kenny Payne and the staff? Fair enough. Um, but is we, he is he to be Rashawn credited for that? Though? We is haven't he to be credited for that. Hold up, we haven't had it? I think he should. I think he because you know what? At some point, you have to give the AD credit for not screwing up, not overthinking it. He came in, he read the room. He saw that there is a huge drive and a huge push from former players, and that this could be the this could be the solution to bridging the gap between the Crum and the Patino eras and getting Louisville basketball back to the expectations of not just the former players but the fan base and the university and the administration. And you know what? If we're going to be if we're going to be completely honest, we did the Tom Show and it was fun and it was great. And we got, you know, we wouldn't be where we are without Tom Jurich. Without Tom Jurich, we're not doing radio right now because I don't know that anybody gives a single damn about Louisville when it's not on TV. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of buzz that he did. And he does deserve that credit. He opened up – he brought a lot of money to the city, not just for sports. You know, he brought a lot of attention to the city. Those are great things. Now I'm kind of okay with – okay, well, that was one chapter. Now let's see what it's like to have an AD that's like, look, I'm going to operate behind the scenes. I will do FaceTime when I need to. But I think Louisville fans are kind of exhausted of being able to to rattle off the names of all the employees in the athletic department. Man, speak for yourself. (laughs) Speak for
3: yourself. I want more Showtime. I'm not with it. I want more Showtime.
4: No, no, sir. no, no. You know what I mean. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about coaching staff. I'm talking about the the assistant AD. I'm talking about period. and the associate ads and all the people who do all the behind the scenes legwork to give us a great product like they have. We have a, a top-notch staff, but I'd like to have to go back to the days of going, Yeah, man, the athletic department crushes it. Who's working over there these days?
3: Nah, I, ain't, doing I, I it can't follow that. I want reality shows. I, I want it Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Oh, I need God, it, man. man. <laughs> man. <laughs> I, uh, I yeah. need it, Joe. I, I need some uh, Jerry Springer type. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> you got to forgive me. Oh, God. Listen, I'm
1: with it, man. I'm with <laughs> hey, it, <all. laughs> man. I am
3: with it
4: i can not even hate. I mean, I, look, listen. I'm just not built like that anymore. <laughs> Between. Damn it damn it Guillermo. Between <laughs> between COVID and Katina and Books and Petrinos, man, I am a broken man uh. who just wants to do a cards chant these days. I just wanna I just want uh. to, to pull up into the of the bronze parking said, lot I just want a, with in a the smoker Uh with a big ass smoker throw some meat on there for my peoples, crack a beer. Tell all the listeners of this fine, fine program, come out and say hi and get a sandwich. Joe's cooking, you know, because he's in his element now. This is oh. his happy place. He likes to be in a parking lot grilling for his people before a football game. I need those days back.
3: But that won't garner the that's... national attention that we have become accustomed to. <laughs> locally, well, locally, yes. Fair. Locally, yes. But that will not put us on – again, we, we talked about that in the first segment, to, oh, the first the first hour – if we're not gonna bring an NBA team, make the Cardinals Indeed. an NBA team. And that's not gonna do it, Joe. That's not gonna do it. We, <sighs> gotta, we gotta have an edge, man. We have to have an edge. We I want accusations. I don't want stuff to necessarily edge be true. Is fun.
4: An edge is fine. Well, I'm cool with an edge. I want I'm I'm all for being edgy. you know, my favorite football program outside of U of is is the old school the U. Right. So I'm all for shenanigans and hijinks. OK, let's do it. I just needed to be I just needed to be a little better, you know, operation because because, man, I just look at my alma mater and say, guys, we are really bad at cheating. So we should just stop.
3: It. We should. That's another thing, too, because <laughs> everybody is first thing people say, man, every, every everybody in the country, every program in the country is doing this stuff. Yeah, but they're not getting caught like
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly like if, if we're at a
4: family reunion. If we're at a family reunion. And you've got that one section of the family, you know, that we don't really discuss how they make their ends. Right. But one of them in the group is constantly getting knocked and, and, and you know, she going to make it to the cookout? He's the weak link. Yeah, he'll be here. He's he's on papers. At some point, don't you as a family have to say, hey, man, you're not really good at the family trade. Right. Everybody else seems pretty good at it and efficient, but you're you're slacking.
3: Dude, that's a perfect segue. Maybe Yes, and to my suggestion because I, the accusations I, I wanted to even you, you heard the accusation that that there's this this high end mob boss that's tied in with all these boxers and the boxing promoters that came out this week, uh, the, the, the talk mm-hmm. of that I, I at least wanted to be like whispers even if I I don't want it to be true but I want people <laughs> to be saying it like we heard that you know Big Paul Castellano was tied in with the you know with the front offices at U of you know people lying telling well, I saw my you know, I saw a limousine over there the other day well you know? well you know what. You, you're going to get your
2: wish. You, you're going to get your wish because one Worldwide West is now tied in into University of Louisville. Who? You never heard of Worldwide West? There you go. No, who is that? Oh my god! You never heard of World know, Wide West? No, I do not. The oh. Godfather of
4: basketball. He's like the Godfather That's of, of like. What he's called.
2: I mean, like That's this what guy he's has like in circles. this guy has shepherded like every major college basketball player? has gone through World Wide West. So he, he's like the shadowy yeah. figure outside of Nike and Adidas. Coach Does Mike? Is that who y'all talking about? <laughs>
3: no, we still, no, who man. Who is Coach Mike? We have found out who Coach Mike was. That's what I need to know.
4: World Wide West, World Wide West got banned from Rupp Arena. Oh, wow. the officials were scared he was going to get him in trouble, so he wasn't allowed to go to games anymore.
3: So, But he's here now? Uh, yeah, I like what I'm hearing. I like what I'm hearing. Look, man, I mean, he's not here. Look,
4: man, he's like But he has a big end to the West. program. I hey,
3: like what I'm hearing. This is hey, what I need. Hey,
4: <laughs> tell me, tell me if this is if you think this is hyperbole. He's the Kaiser Sosa college hoops. Actually, basketball in general. I like that So he's more basketball than football.
3: All basketball. All basketball.
4: He's zero. Yeah, no, he's the Nike man. So what is he? Is he uh?
2: He's a go no between. Between that's that's the thing. It's like,
4: <laughs> like, his, his son,
2: like like he has his hands in on pretty much every top Nike basketball player yeah. that's ever gone through Nike. So and has he's he's, he's like a shadowy. What, but what is figure. he supposed
3: to be like? Legally, what is he? Supposed, what is his job? Does he have a job? Or is he just like a big money person? He, I, he runs a couple of AU teams. I mean, so he's not like on anybody's he, payroll. Like I'm talking about, I'm talking about. On the table, not below the t- not under the table.
4: Officially, no. Okay, gotcha. Officially, got you. Yeah. no. I don't. Th- I don't believe so. I, he's basically the guy. You know, if you, it, well, let's say you you start up an AAU team, right? Right. You need some help. Yes, sir. You call Uncle Wes. Gotcha. You call Uncle Wes. Uncle Wes. Uncle Wes will get you those players. Now, Uncle Wes is gonna need some access if you move on from AAU to a college program, but we'll deal with that down the road, you know. Gotcha. Win some games, Playboy, we'll take care of that.
3: So how, how has he been tied to U of L through some of I our mean, players? This is,
4: I mean this is a compliment. He is a absolute gangster. Yeah. I like it. I like and what I, I'm hearing. I don't, I don't mean that that's not a negative that is that is a compliment for me. This dude, when he walks in the room, everybody's watching him. He's, so he is a real person. I'll send you some oh, yeah. links, man. Yeah. He's the Kaiser Associate of basketball. He is. It's like, I mean, like everybody knows him, but nobody think, knows him. And people like and reporters are scared to do a profile on him.
3: I like it a lot. So we talking about the potential of having Tom George and Worldwide West all at one time. Kenny Payne, Danny Manning, Nolan Smith. Listen, I'm all I'm going to buy me a U of L jacket when I leave. <laughs> This is the kind of stuff that gets that gets William and Guillermo tied in, baby. I'm telling you, this is my kind of stuff right and, here.
4: And this is the kind of fun drama that I can deal with. Gotcha. You. you know, because because the biggest thing is what I love about about one of the few things that I can actually enjoy about the rivalry between UK and U of L is the hypocrisy on both sides. I love hearing hearing tunes change as soon as it's it's he's your guy. You know what I mean? There's, right. the, famous, there's the famous KSR article or, or blog post that Matt Jones made when Cal was at Memphis talking about Memphis being the best team money could buy. And then he's Cal's biggest supporter. I always laughed at that. Now we're getting to watch a lot of people that for years said, you know, downplayed Kenny Payne, but now they're all in on it because he's our guy again. Right. I love that aspect of it. If uh, if Worldwide West truly has any connection to U whatsoever beyond just yeah Kenny's my buddy, uh, so Kenny Payne man, is his that's connection. That's going to make for some do Ken- what
3: Kenny Payne is the yeah, connection. Oh, yeah. Kenny Payne oh, yeah. is the connection. Gotcha. That's yeah. what I was trying to do too is draw yeah. the connection. Gotcha. Gotcha. So pay- oh okay. So here's here's Worldwide
4: West. I I just remembered this. Oh Jesus man. And this is why it's so big that he's coming around right now. He was buddies with Milt Wagner and and all the guys from Camden, New Jersey you. Gotcha. That's how he got his connections. Gotcha. He was homeboys with them and he was he was the business mind in a group of athletes.
3: you. Gotcha. Well, I'm, I'm going to need to hear more he... about this on the other side of the break, man, cuz y'all piqued my interest, man. I got I got to know cuz you, you you got you got my attention now. You got my attention now. So uh we're going to talk about this more on the other side of the break. We'll see.
1: you I was supposed to wait, but I want to see it and keep following the swallow. Taking right the the Brothers try another others die to get the formula, but I'ma let you sweat, you still ain't warm You a step away from frozen, stiff as if you're posing, dig to my brain as the rhyme gets Chosen, so follow me or what you're thinking you were first, let's travel at magnificent Speeds around the universe, what could you say as the earth gets further and further away Planets are small balls of clay, astrayin' until the Milky Way, world's out of sight Far as the eye can see, not even a satellite, Now stop and turn around and look at you Stay in the darkness, you're now so keep staring soon, you suddenly see A star, you better follow, it consist of-
0: I throw this switch. Pump up the volume. Pump up the volume.
2: And welcome back to Wake Up 502. Because both of us, is, actually all three of us, are sitting here thinking of a master plan. Ain't
3: nothing but sweat inside our hand. Listen, 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 listen. So, Haven's telling me some stuff during the break, man. It's got me. I hate using this term, but I'm super excited. This this worldwide mm-hmm. West guy apparently is who a lot of people are crediting for a majority of the recruits that UK has gotten over the years that Danny Manning has been on their assistant staff. Listen, so to 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 okay, look. So am I to assume that we're going to start getting those caliber of players here at U of L? Would that be a safe I mean, assumption?
4: It's safe. It, it honestly is. Did you catch the? Uh, I I sent y'all a couple of screenshots on break Uh, of World Wide West's wiki page. And it describes him in the opening of it as a power broker who established himself without any ties to any other associations. So, yeah, when I said he's gangster about his, I was not kidding. Also, to my point about the dude's a ghost and nobody really knows much about him, under his personal life on Wikipedia, the only thing listed is he has a daughter. That's it. Wow. That's all you get on West. They uh, said that Jay Z has referenced like, him
3: in the song. Shaquille O'Neal yeah, references great. him in the song.
4: Wow. Uh, he he's he's tight with Allen Iverson, and LeBron's crew. I mean, LeBron and, and Maverick Carter and them have, have referenced West a lot.
3: What's he's his last that, name?
4: He's that influential. What's his last uh, name? His name is William Wesley.
3: William Wesley, Wesley Wesley is his last name. Yeah, got you. Mm-hmm. Worldwide, hey, listen, y'all got my attention now, man. I want I want strings of uh, of of Rolls Royces at the, you know what I mean, <laughs> up in front of the y'all, y'all got my attention. I mean, that's
4: that's seriously, but he's known, but he's known in in the basketball world as Worldwide West.
1: Wow. That's what I'm
4: saying he's got he is a different figure. He's you can't. It's hard to describe him. He's a character. I mean, this is seriously what it says. Considered by many observers within the industry as a power broker and one of the most influential men in the business side of basketball, he forged those strong ties without being associated with any business entity. Wow. Wow! What more can I say? (laughs) Wesley is a longtime client of Iverson and LeBron James agent, the Philadelphia attorney, Leon Rose. Andy's plugged into the hip-hop scene. He's cool. To your point about making U of L and appealing to the youngs, I mean, I can read through rappers that, that rattle them off, and I'm like, "Ooh, Jay Z, I know him. Drake, cool. You know, Shaq. Okay, all right." It, it, eventually, it's going to get to a point of rappers that we don't recognize. That's okay. That's fine. He's not recruiting us.
3: That's fine. He's That's, not exactly right. us. That's exactly right. That's <laughs> exactly
4: right. Exactly. That's exactly so if he's right. So on the, on the, if he's relevant enough that he's on, he's popping up on recent diss tracks of other people. <laughs> His name's Ringing Bells, my friends. Hey. He reminds me of, you remember you remember the movie King of New York? Oh, when yeah. Christopher yes. Walken says, yes, I don't care if a nickel bag gets sold in the park, I want to know. Right. I feel like Wes is that dude in New York. It's like, I don't care if a step-back jumper goes down in Rucker, I want to hear about it. <laughs>
3: hey. I listen. Y'all have got my attention I'm in a major way. I'm down. I'm down, man. I'm I'm in, I'm on the what the pain train. Is that what they calling it? That's what I call it. I'm on mm-hmm. it hard. So and and Haven was telling me during the break. I don't know. We talked about that that last spot remaining on the uh, the coaching staff, and Haven said that uh, Milt Wagner is pretty much a lock for it. What's your thoughts on that, Joe? Absolutely,
4: absolutely. And that's and Kenny Payne knows that's the that's the deal because. Cal hired his uh, his grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. Milt was on Memphis's staff to get Dewan. So that's, you know, that's how the family rolls. And I'm all for it. Somebody's hey. going to get hired off nepotism. Hey, that, that, uh, that's, that's uh, of course.
3: Why. Of course. And he, and if we were I'm running, we were running job, the show, I'm, right, if we were running the show, we exactly. would definitely, you know what I'm saying? Nepotism, a uh, uh, cronyism. It's What's all, the point of heaven?
0: For,
4: yeah, what, what is the damn point of life and having friends if they won't get you a job? Dude, I'm you, not asking for money. I'm asking for a job. A
3: job. I, hey, listen. I, I completely agree. A hundred percent. Because if I'm on the staff and I got a, the ability to hire somebody and I'm, I'm at a, such a high profile position like that. And, and you're qualified on top of that. And you have qualifications that can justify me making the decision. That's going to be your edge is that you're my family or my friend. I, I why, why wouldn't it be? Exactly. Why wouldn't it be? I trust you. Exactly. I
4: trust you, and I know what you're capable of.
3: Let's do it. All day, every day. All day, every day. So, and along with Milt Wagner, we're expecting to come. His grandson, the number one player in the country, Dude. DJ Wagner. Tell us
2: more. The Odin most recent
4: crystal ball prediction has, has Louisville.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's the truth. I mean, D- Milt has been talking about his grandson, oh, God, at least for the past, like, five years. Like, every time I bump into Milt, he always talks about his grandson. He's like, man, hey, what I'm telling you. So tell us more. Where is he now? Where is he now? Um, I, you know, I forgot what school he plays. So I just watched him. In so he's at like yeah. one of the
3: academy. Is, is he yeah. from here? He's from no, Louisville. He's, he's not
2: from here. He's not from here. He's not from here. Uh, but he plays. I, I saw him playing the EYB, E B E B D Y L, which is like the big uh, camp that just happened like well, I think like a week or two ago. Okay. And yeah, he's he's the truth. He's number one. I mean, everything Milt has told me about his grandson is true. 'Cause Milt's like he thought my son was good. My grandson's a thousand times better. And I was like,
3: man, you yeah,
2: got, you, you gotta be kidding me. He's like, no, my son is my grandson's better than my son, he's way better than me. So I don't know, Milt. I mean I don't know. And I've wow. watched him play, it's like, Yeah, he's better than both of you guys put together. And DJ <laughs> Wagner, is that Dewan
3: Jr.? Is that what that stands <laughs> hey. for?
4: Hey Yep. Yep, that's Dewan Jr. And and just just for a little fun, I googled him real quick to see what I can pull up. You know what he's been up to recently. Most recent game. Uh, the first, the first story we have from the Lexington Herald. Another sign that star basketball recruit DJ Wagner could pick Louisville over Kentucky.
3: Yeah, yeah, he's in ah, Camden, Camden High School. Yeah, Camden High School in New Jersey is where he is. Camden High School. So it's saying he's the man. I'm, I was doing the same thing you were doing, Joe. I was looking him up. I mean, he's he, he's the truth. I watched him play a couple of
2: times, and he is as good as advertised. He is as good as yeah. – I mean, he's dealing with both hands. He's fearless. I mean, he can shoot. I honestly, he can drive.
4: I will, I will start watching him more now. But before we hired Kenny Payne, I kind of avoided watching him whenever he's on TV or the highlights because I thought, I'm going to see all that I need to see of him right around Christmas time in a blue jersey, and I'm I'm good. I don't right. need to know what kind of thrashing is coming. So, the Christmas time, you say said- – because to said he's coming yeah, out next the, year,
3: not this year, correct? Well, he, he's in a 23
4: class, but
2: he'll commit this year for yeah. next year. Got gotcha, you, gotcha. Right,
4: but I, the hype is there. You know, uh, he appears to have the the game to to back up all the hype. He, I do think he's one of those rare high schools high school kids that lives up to it.
3: Then y'all telling me he's the number one overall player in the country right now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's By heavy. a mile. Yeah, by mouth. There's it, a
4: large delta between number one and number two in that class. And number two is not a bad player.
2: Wow. And the only thing I think can derail this from him coming to U of L is that he goes straight
3: to the NBA. He's a small kid, yep. though. He's, he's 6'2, 165 pounds. He, he's that good. He's that good. Wow. Yeah.
4: Hey, man. I mean, John Moran ain't much bigger. John 6'3, 175.
3: Right, right. Well, hey, you know, listen, and I'm all dude, for it. Game, and, and, He's explosive. It sounded like he said he sounds like an Allen Iverson build to me, and you know, you know, that's my hometown hero. So I'm all for it. All for it, man. Uh, when what, what, when when is this commitment expected to take place?
2: Yeah, we'll have to wait and see still, po- they'll, they'll they'll make it as late as possible. So it won't be anytime soon. So you, do you all think that the announcement yeah. on, on uh, milk will be coming sometime soon? It should, because right now we're looking at yeah. between with DJ Wagner looking at. It's probably come down between us. If, if he comes to college, he doesn't go straight to NBA. It's between us and, and UK. Because from things I've heard, his mm-hmm. family feels um, a lot of gratitude towards Cal because Cal got dewan in, in the league. And that, that those paychecks were just uh, were transformation for the family. And he got, he got milked a job, you know, at Memphis. So, you know, Cal's been, like, really good to the Wagner family.
3: Well, hey, I tell you what. I don't know how people are going to feel about, about, you know, us doing this off of the back of somebody that, you know, did this also for UK. Because a lot of that sounds like a very Patino-ish. Uh, uh,
4: well, but his grandfather, but his grandfather played at U of L.
3: Oh, OK. Got you. Got you. Yeah, so, got
4: you. So, see, that's that that's the that's the funny part about this, guys. And again, to bring the rivalry back into it. The U.K. and L find a weird, incestuous way to just keep this rivalry Always. going. Always. <laughs> that right. other rivals don't do. Like, you don't hear about Ohio State bringing in Desmond Howard to coach. Right. Y- you know what I mean? You're not going to hear North Carolina saying, Grant Hill is our new chief recruiter. <laughs> like they, other schools don't do this. Uh, we just can't get enough of, of, of trade backs, and hey, we get a, we get the family this generation, and you can have them back. You know, we skip one. It's wild. It is wild. And and if we do get Wagner, because to Haven's point, as long as I can recall, his name being in, in any circles of recruiting, it's always been Cowler, the NBA. If the NBA messes around and changes that that age restriction, so LeBron can play with Bronny. DJ might jump. Gotcha. He may go straight to the league. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, why wouldn't but he? That would be my add, But now that you add Kenny Payne to the mix, it now gets very, very interesting.
3: It's funny that you say that because, because one of the names I threw around during the whole coaching fiasco was Tubby Smith. <laughs> I said, why not? You know, let's keep this thing going, man. Why not? So – but we found I mean, a way, like you said, it, to your point, Joe, we found a way. <laughs> Either way, we found a way.
4: <laughs> we manufactured, like, ways for our fan base to just go at each other. Right. And I think it's, it's little stuff like that, man, that that's why people outside of this state don't understand. Duke and Carolina are very cordial to each other outside of game day. And then they say some lame jokes about one another. But it's really not as hated and as intense as it is here because – even when we're not playing for another 10 months, we're going to do something, something off-field, off-court. Somebody's getting hired. Somebody's getting promoted. And they better not have a tie to the other one. Or that's all sports radio is going to be talking about for a month.
3: Whether well, Hatfields and McCoys or college basketball. Yeah. Very real. Yes, we <laughs> college are. sports all together. Yeah, no, that's very real. And that's very – you yeah, see I mean, it and you feel have it.
4: To think, You have to think also Howard Schnellenberger was an all-American tight end to Kentucky.
3: Did not know that. I swear I didn't know that. Really?
4: There, there are layers to this. Yeah. What? Wow. Yeah.
2: As a matter of fact, um, Howard actually wanted to coach at UK, but UK just mm-hmm. went to hire him, and U of L hired him, and he changed the trajectory of the program. Wow. I did yep. not know that. <laughs> yes, sir.
4: Yes, sir. So, so there. When you when you look at our at our rivalry. And based on how old you are and how knowledgeable you are, the two programs, you understand why it's so so bitter. Right.
3: No, you say, no. man,
4: this is forcing – these two schools have forced fans to go from actively cheering for somebody to saying, man, I hate his guts and I hope he gets fired so wow. I can like him again. I
2: mean, it is what it is. That's why it's the greatest rivalry on earth. Man, you know what? This time has gone by quickly. Good Lord. It's already like 1058. I can't imagine. And we still – Having, talk talked about Scott Satterfield and his <laughs> great recruiting and all that good stuff? But you know what? Hey, until Ned Flanders finds a heart, he can bring all the good recruits he wants.
3: <laughs> man, yeah. are you talking about? You call Scott Satterfield Ned Flanders? <laughs> I'm. I've been calling him Ned Flanders now for like months. <laughs> oh my god!
2: Until Ned Flanders gets get some swag, yeah, it hey, is hey, what it is. Hey
3: we man, it. we need a worldwide yeah. Western football man. Bring him here, whoever hey, that person hey. is.
4: Look, man, they got they got the number one cornerback in the class. They got a they got a stud quarterback. We're, they're killing California, man. I'm starting to thank you, boy. Uh, this is like when Ned Flanders rips the sweater off and he's jacked up. He's
3: jacked. He's jacked. There we go. Hey, well, fellas, let me say it's been a pleasure, quite a pleasure being sitting here with you all. Uh, look forward to the next time that you bring me on. Hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to catch us on wakeup502.com.
1: A and we're out. Cause ain't nothing Peace. but sweat inside my hands. So I dig into my pocket all my money spent. So I could debuff. Still coming up with less So I.